I don't believe in equality. Equality is something we have to get to in order to get to something more important, which is individual merit. Stephen Bates is a business coach who believes firmly that we still have a long way to go to achieve equality, and people must be judged on the merits on what they bring to the table. In his work, he helps ambitious business owners and entrepreneurs who are underperforming but don't know why. He loves to share his business knowledge and helping his clients overcome self-sabotage and reprogram their thinking on how to execute their business. So this week we had a conversation about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and succeeding in business. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. So, Stephen, if you're ready, I'll take a moment to welcome you to the program, and I'm excited to talk to you all, all about how you help business leaders succeed. Great to uh, see you today, and thank you so very much for being here. My pleasure. Great to be here. Uh, yeah, and Stephen, I know that uh, your life's work has to do with helping uh, business leaders who don't uh, who know their underperforming but don't necessarily know why so i'm wondering if you could tell me about all the great work that you do yeah can i give you a backstory would that be good absolutely okay so uh my first business uh 20 uh keep 28 years ago when i started was uh, as a physiotherapist or a physical therapist and um i loved it i was good at it um, trained hard for it, had lots of clients, they were happy. But soon after I started, something I noticed something very weird, well, I thought it was weird, that um, when I was advising people how to help themselves get better, I mean, these people are coming in, they've hurt their ankle, their back was hurting, also, you know, they couldn't go to work and they couldn't walk and they couldn't pick their kids up and they were losing money, all sorts of really big reasons um, to help themselves. When I gave them really simple things to do, you know, some stretches and don't do this and don't sit in front of a computer for eight hours at a time. Just really simple stuff. Um, some people did it and they got better faster. But a lot of people didn't. <laughs> a lot of people, when I said to them, oh, did you do what I asked you to do? They all said, oh, yeah, I did it a little bit or I was busy. And my favorite one was, um, and they didn't know why they hadn't done it. So they're coming in to me paying me money, um, wanting help in real pain, and they weren't helping themselves. And sometimes they even did stuff they knew was bad for them. So uh, that's where I got my fascination with um, 
why do we get in our own way? And I, the simple question was, if I, if these people are doing it, when they're in acute physical pain, when and where else do we get in our own way? And then after 20 odd years of looking into it and studying it and, and helping people with it, and the answer is everywhere. We do it in pretty much every subject we can think of, unfortunately. And it's a very common thing. It's about 40% of people excessively get in their own way, excessively self-doubt, excessively lose confidence. Um, and so that's the backstory. And I got fascinated because I thought, how can I help my clients? How can I how can I help them get better faster? And that's that's why I got into it. Brad spent the early portion of his career as a physiotherapist. Thus, I was curious to note his thoughts on how medical advancements have improved in order to better treat people at large. A good question because uh, I, I, I certainly wouldn't be going into practice now because you know I need to I, <laughs> I, I gave it up but I think I think um, I suppose the thing for me is I think medicine has massively improved now, the first thing given the general answer I think obviously medicine and technology and science has massively improved um, and we can do things now that we couldn't do 25 years ago and you know but I'm I still think the individual can do more to help themselves and and um we there we where there's a lot of problems where we are you know um causing ourselves uh health issues and i can put my hands up to that because i i have a uh, part of my nature that i if i'm in the gym i just go too far <laughs> and i know i'm doing it and i can hurt myself so i think sometimes i think there's a, I think there's a balance where medicine, I mean, I'm talking about, not talking about the science and, and all the amazing uh, things that have changed, but there used to be a time when doctors uh, were gods. They knew everything, you, you did exactly what you told. And I think that time has changed, but I think it's a time where the individual should look at themselves and go, am I really doing the best thing I can for myself to help my own health? And, um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of time we can do better. Um, and this is, you know, in conjunction with sometimes we sabotage ourselves. So I'm not sure that's the answer, but that's just the first thing that goes in, into my head. But yeah, certainly uh, there's a lot of stuff in medicine that, that has massively changed, especially gene, gene therapies and understanding of DNA. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you talk about self-sabotage and, and you say that sometimes it gets in the way of progress. So I'm wondering if you can explain that for me this afternoon. Yeah, so um, if I can give you a few examples. Um, I was speaking to somebody uh, recently who didn't know why they wouldn't invoice their clients. So they'd done the work, but they held back from invoicing their clients. Somebody else, when they got to a certain level of income every month in their business, so they got a great business, great reputation, great sales um, process. But when they hit a certain level, they just started sabotaging their sales calls and they used to blow them up. To and they, they knew they were doing it. But every month when they hit this certain amount, they started to sabotage themselves. Uh, another lady I worked with just off the top of my head, she would never let herself go for um, the CEO position. So she was a perpetual COO for company after company after company. 
and she was fully capable of being a CEO. I actually, she's one of the most brilliant people I've ever worked with. I'm in awe of her intellect and her intelligence. And she just wouldn't let herself. And all of these were examples of a barrier that they put in, put in their own way that didn't need to be there. So, you know, in some ways, their own glass ceiling, they created a glass ceiling that didn't need to be there. So they were frustrated by that. They knew they were doing it, but just didn't know why. So my, my, my favorite thing is, you know, when I'm working with somebody, give me two hours with them. Uh, we'll find out why, exactly why. Give me two hours, but we will uncover it. And I know that you, you've got some things that you're particularly passionate about when it comes to uh, business and the way that, that you help people. I think you uh, describe it as your unders. So I'm wondering if you could uh, tell me about uh, what gets you passionate about working with people in business in particular. Yeah, I, it, the fastest way to improve a result is to get out your own way. So a lot of people don't, a lot of people have skills to do something, but they don't let themselves use it. And that's what, that's the sabotage. So, so the unders, the underperforming people, it's about 40% of people do this. And I put my hand up. I was one of them because when I studied this, and I was helping other people. One day I realized I was doing it in my own business. And I just went, I thought the behavior was normal. I was frustrated with some results I was getting in business, but I was frustrated um, because I didn't know why. Then I said, one day I just clicked on and said, I'm doing exactly the thing. I was sabotaging myself. And I was um, wanting to help as many people as possible, but I wouldn't let myself do any marketing. <laughs> now, that tends to mess up business, doesn't it? So the, when, when I work with uh, underperforming people, it's finding out why they're not doing what they're capable of doing and then helping them turn that thinking off. And just turn it off, just like any other thing we decide as a decision. Um, well, I could do this, I could do this, I'm choosing that one. It's helping them understand why they're choosing to get in their own way at an unconscious level, usually. But the way to do it, just if anyone's you know is interested listening to this, is is to ask what benefit it is to sabotage you, why you want to, and at uh, an inquiry today lady do, doing really great stuff in her career but as soon as she has to stand up and present she falls to pieces so if she's sitting down around a table having a, a conversation she's absolutely at her best stands up and does a presentation it becomes public speaking all of a sudden she can't speak and she gets embarrassed and she goes red and and she loses a train of thought so she hasn't lost the ability to do that, but she sabotages herself and gets in her own way. So it's a process. We're looking for the process. And the, the way to look at it is, why am I choosing to do that? How can, why does part of my brain think that's an advantage to me? So that's the alpha program. That's, 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 my, that's, that's the alpha program. It's just, let's find out why you're doing it. And as soon as you understand it, then guess what? Like any other problem, you can start working on fixing it. It doesn't take much to fix actually. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm wondering if, if you had any um, uh, more sort of insights on how we reverse our fears in business. You know, you brought up uh, public speaking, but I'm also curious to ask you about 
reversing trends because you said once uh, we discover why we're doing something, it's easier to fix. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about meeting people where they are and sort of uh, trying to overcome their fears in business. So the first thing to do is, and this is a very common one, it's, it's fantastic because if you have fear, too much fear, excessive fear, it stops you from doing things. And then people say, oh, you're procrastinating or you take the easy option or you don't do what you know you should be doing. So fear robs people of confidence. It robs people of feeling in control. So when, the important thing about fear is, and, and this is where I, I'm at odds with a lot of coaches, they call it a negative emotion. It's not a negative emotion. It's a painful emotion sometimes. It's not negative because if it was negative, why does every human being have it or every human being you want to spend time with has it? Um, most animals have it. So fear is a very useful emotion, but it's when we overuse it, when we overly fear. So if you just think about someone who's got, say, a, a phobia of butterflies, to that person, that phobia is real, that fear is real, that butterfly is so scary, everybody else is going, what? So to, you don't need to get in control of your emotions like fear. I always say to my clients, we're not gonna work on controlling your emotions because an emotion can only last for a few seconds. To change your emotion, all you need to do is change what you're thinking about. You go from one subject to another subject, you think of something that's fearful, you change your, your, your mind to think of something else and you'll change your feelings. See, it's not about changing feelings. It's asking yourself the question, why are you obsessively thinking about stuff which is fearful? So again, it's the same, it's the same answer to, to the previous question. Why are you choosing to think it's a good idea? Yeah, absolutely. We all have to uh, prioritize our thinking and, and change our mindset sometimes. Absolutely. And I'm wondering if you, uh, I, I want to talk about your company now. Uh, Mm -hmm. Certain change, something you founded in, in 2002, and uh, you went through some of the programs all, uh, already, but I'm wondering if you could give me uh, sort of a 360 degree view in terms of uh, your company profile as well. Yeah, okay, so the, 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 the speciality is behavior change, because behavior change is how you create results. But it's how do you create the behavior change is the important thing. So if you want to change results, you need to change your behavior. To change your behavior, you have to change your thinking. So each of those programs does something slightly different for a different niche. So the Alpha program, and there's another one called Alpha Project, which is all about the individual who are underperforming. Uh, Alpha program is finding out why they are uh, and, and, and turning that off. The Alpha Project is about, well, now you've taken the brakes off, where do you really want to go? Because most people, when they're holding themselves back so much, they, they don't have their own goals. They're not sure about them. And, and actually, when they get rid of that, their goals tend to get bigger, more certain. Certain Change Program is a leadership program because so many people, leadership and management skills program, because most people in business have never learned how to lead and manage. They're usually good at what they do, their specialist skill. And... If they're leading and managing a company, most people haven't had uh, leadership and management training, which allows them 
to leverage the skills of all the people they, they, they employ. So that's one of my passions as well, helping people be good at getting the best out of their people and, help, and helping their people have a good, uh, enjoyable time at work, because funny enough, you get better results. And um, uh, Tech Leaders is another one of my programs with a, with a colleague in America, in the States, and then Todd Larson. And that is the version of the Certain Change program for uh, tech companies, software companies and things like that. So we make some changes to fit them. And then the last one is another collaboration with somebody in the States, and that's Retention Booster. And that's for people who provide training courses. And we teach them how to keep the people on their training courses because I think the completion rate of most online training courses is about 9%. So people spend a lot of money on training courses and they sabotage themselves off them. And they, uh, the company who's providing this great training is not very good at actually keeping them on it to the end because people will sabotage on it or they don't have good systems to retain people. And so there's all, it's all a theme about behavior people and their behaviors and it runs through everything we do at certain change yeah uh, our mindset and mood mood affect every aspect of our lives don't they well i, I like the way you rather than use the word mindset i use just the word thinking and there's nothing we do without there being a thought and a decision to do it and when you bring you bring it down to thoughts and decisions it becomes very practical. So yeah, your mindset controls absolutely everything in your life and every behavior you do, whether you like it or not, at some level you chose to do it. Yeah, Stephen, I'm also curious to ask you about when you see the moment uh, where your clients turn off their uh, self-sabotage and business about the, the results uh, that they can achieve. Uh, how fulfilling it must be for, for you to see them go through that process. Oh, I love it. I love it because they suddenly believe in themselves and they start acting differently. So the lady I told you about, um, who was uh, the C COO forever and never let herself be that, within five weeks, she got one offer of a CEO position. With eight weeks, she had a second one. She hung out until she got the buyout for the company. And now she actually not runs the company that she was the COO in. She now actually runs a division of a very large company. So she's now operating where she should always have been. Um, the gentleman who was uh, sabotaging his results, um, he's doubled his income because he already had the skills and talents to do it. He just wasn't letting himself. So it can be it can be quite dramatic but I, the way i look at it is people are underperforming they should already be there so they take the break off and they just go um, because they already should be at a different level in the first place yeah and i'm uh, also wondering your thoughts on anyone that wants to start a new business how do you think uh, they can maximize their performance level once they uh, look to get their business off the ground? Um, have a team and look after and lead and manage your team well. I always say, I say this, uh, you know, um, an individual can't create more time. Solopreneurs run out of time very fast. Um, but a business leader 
can create more time by leveraging the skills and knowledge and experience of the people they employ. And there's no really successful business with one person. So, so and, and your definition of success, and it could obviously be monetary and it has to be monetary because it's a business, but it's also the ability to go on holiday and switch off and spend time with your family while somebody else is looking after your business and that is at the level to look after your business. So in terms of maximizing um, your results, one, find out what you don't like to do. Are you sabotaging yourself? Get that clear. Secondly, focus on what you are really best at, your highest value to your own company, and then find other people who are really good at the things that you're not good at or you're not interested in. So build a team of people and I don't like the difference between strengths and weaknesses. I don't like saying someone has a strength and someone has a weakness. I look at it as what's your, where's your most valuable part of what you do and spend most of your time doing that and then find somebody else who's really valuable at something that you're not valuable at. And then that takes away the whole, I'm, I'm you know, the ego, I'm meant to be everything because it's my business. As soon as we get over that, build a team, build some experts, hire some experts and let them help you be successful. Yeah, Stephen, I always say that collaboration breeds creativity, doesn't it? Absolutely. That's, you know, two plus, you know, two plus two equals seven. You never know what answer you're going to, what you're going to come up with. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and listen to the people you hire, the experts you hire. You might be their leader, but let them lead you in their expertise, because between you, you come up with a better answer than you could do on your own. Yeah, we talk about uh, uh, creativity and collaboration. And, you're, you know, Stephen, part of my background is assisting individuals with disabilities to find employment. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm curious to ask you about how you define inclusive, inclusiveness in business and uh, the importance of infusing individuals with disabilities into the workforce. Um. I'd like to answer it in a slightly different way. I don't believe in equality. I don't believe in equality. I think equality is something we need to get to so we can get to something more important, which is individual merit. And unfortunately, we haven't got equality in the races. We haven't got equality in the sexes. And it's, it's ridiculous that after years and years, we're still battling for that stuff. You know, me being a white middle-aged male, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm supposedly at the top of the tree in, in that. And so equality is, equality is something, unfortunately, we still need to get right. But more importantly than equality, we need to be able to see someone for the skills and the things they bring, regardless of who they are. Because then you're, you're getting the most value out of that individual and who knows who they could be. So uh, one of my team is disabled um, and I am so pleased that he's in the team because he does all the stuff much better than I could do. And he does all the stuff I hate doing and he's brilliant at it. And the fact that he's disabled is actually irrelevant. We have to make some considerations, but I, I, I have regular conversations where I'm, I'm supporting able-bodied members of my team who are stressed out with their kids and they are they've got problems in life too so to me it's like well everyone's got 
everyone's got things they need to deal with um and yeah it's interesting to me it's 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 irrelevant that he's disabled we just have to make consideration when he's in the office because he needs he needs a different setup but he's he's actually just really valuable yeah i always uh told employers that sometimes it's important to fit the job to the person instead of fitting the person to the job right oh i, I would say that for anybody <laughs> absolutely anybody because you want the best individual you can get and they may be in a wheelchair who cares <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it's, who cares diversity of perspective is very important isn't it <laughs> it's well, that's why you hire a team and that's what back to leadership, because there's this crazy thing saying there is no I in team. Well, there's no I in the word, but every person in a team is an individual. And that's what makes a team strong. It's also its biggest weakness if the leaders and the managers can't glue them together to work well. But you want individuals, you want people who think differently, different backgrounds, different thoughts, different ways, different skills, everything. So it's down to the leaders to be able to mold this into a team because it's like having a, a soccer team or you know a hockey team and everyone has exactly the same skill set well they'll get beaten every week wouldn't they so you need that diversity so to, yeah to me it's like it's an interesting question about inclusion about diversity but to me it's almost like you know let's look well hopefully i'm practicing what i preach i'm looking for the individual i'm not looking for equality yeah absolutely and Stephen, i'm Curious to ask you how uh, you think you might want your uh, personal or, or professional legacy to be defined. Uh, I suppose my, uh, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I think my legacy would be that I taught people how to get out of their own way and help their friends and family do it without having to spend five years in therapy. Just make it, oh, that's obvious. Because my clients don't say, that's so obvious now you said it that way. So to me, I, I want to demystify it, make it easy, because um, can, we, can we get you just being yourself, being happy being yourself, doing what is right for you, um, whatever your definition of success and happiness is, not mine. And uh, I suppose I just want to spread it so people can realise actually it's much easier than a lot of, they, some of the stuff they've been taught to believe. Uh, yeah, amplify the symbol. Absolutely. Yeah. And Stephen, tell me, uh, if people want to get connected with you, what's the best way they can do that? Oh, well, they can have a look on the website, uh, certainchange.co.uk, uh, or find me on LinkedIn, um, Stephen, Stephen Bates uh, on LinkedIn, um, and just reach out to me there. There's contact forms and... Uh, just message me, say hello. Fabulous, Stephen. Well, I really want to uh, thank you for joining me today to talk about business company and employee culture. Your uh, time on my behalf and work in the space is most appreciated. And again, I want to thank you uh, for your time. I sincerely appreciate it, Bonnie. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Really appreciate it. It's great to meet you uh, and a great chat.